This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, along with my pal, John Brazier. Hello, John. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited, John, because we have the head chef at Colby's Southern Kissed Chicken, right on Route 38 on the phone with us. Is you, he the head chef? Do you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about, but I want to make sure he's the head chef. Ryan Howard, how you doing, Ryan? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are we doing? Are you still, are you in the kitchen now, or are you, you've, you've are you are you doing no, your thing? No, I am not. I am <laughs> not the head chef. Um, the, the the mastermind behind that, Fabio Viviani, nice uh, has just been. He's been awesome, man. Him and my partner Craig and Mike Colby over there, been amazing. Um, have had so so far. We've had some pretty good success with the store. Looking to open the next one up uh, over in Delaware here shortly. So it's been good. It's been good. But it's it's southern tinged, right? It's kind of southern chicken. Right, and you guys have like a, mm-hmm. I believe a big eating space inside, but you also do takeout and delivery, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Southern Kiss free. Southern, Southern, Southern Kiss, kiss. Southern kiss. Not tinged. Yeah, tinged you know, kissed, a little yes. kiss, mwah, little yeah. mwah to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. So it's great little eating space inside. Uh, awesome, man. I mean, it's, it's something for everybody. Uh, I mean, we got the deep fried Oreos, you got the grilled chicken, bull barbecue. Wow. Man, all it's all kind of stuff, man. If you can't find something to eat in there, then there's a problem. And yet, there's no Chick Fil A in Mount Laurel either, so you have no competition, right? No, man, that's always a good thing. That's always a good yeah. thing. We'll take that. Yeah, you, John, you were saying I wasn't in the office today. Uh, Andrea brought some uh, a- some in. Andrea right? Guess, who books the fanatic. Yeah. Uh, this is probably about two weeks ago. Said, "Do you guys want to try some of Ryan Howard's chicken? I'm making a run." She went out and delivered to a bunch of us inside the office, and I got to tell you, it was really good. Really good. I'll appreciate it. Where appreciate uh, where uh, is the second restaurant going to be? It's going to be it's going to be located over uh, Newark, Delaware. Okay, all right. Over that way. Yep. So yep. yeah, should should hopefully be opening soon over that way. Um, so yeah, trying to see if I can sneak back up there for for the opening if possible. Yeah, because so where uh, hopefully opening up soon. Where are you now, Ryan? Where are you where are you living? I am back in Atlanta. Okay, all right. And uh, Colby's, they don't. You're not going to bring Colby's to Atlanta anytime soon. Oh man, we're hey, that that would be the goal, man. At some point, try to get it going. Right now, getting the footing and uh, getting them up and going. We got some other ones that are going to be surfacing here, hopefully soon, um, around the Orlando, Tampa area. Nice. Um, been talking to a few different franchisees in some different areas. Uh, there should be some more, hopefully, popping up north, kind of like North Mid Jersey. There's a group. Uh, that's gonna be looking to try to bring something to Pennsylvania as well. So nice. it's it's on it's, it's coming on the rise, man. I it's, love it's it. It's been doing well. 
All right, well, mm-hmm. let, thank you. Let's go into the baseball side now. The Little League World Series is going on right now, mm. which I, I love. Little League World Series, watching it, you know, with all the different uh, regions competing against each other. We had a team from Oaks uh, that I think just got eliminated, unfortunately. Um, but going back to like childhood, uh, obviously you played Little League. How was your Little League skills? Were you the best player in Little League? Were you the biggest guy in Little League? Were you like the power hitter back then, or was that when you got bigger and older? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was. Uh, my mom always told me I, I used to hit the ball further than all the other kids. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so I guess I had that going for me. Um, don't know if I was necessarily the best. wasn't wasn't necessarily polished back then as a little kid. I mean, just like everybody, you know, you played all different positions. You know, I played first base, outfield, and, and pitched. Um, and, yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun playing Little League. I always enjoyed it, man. Getting Got to get dirty and not get in trouble for it. So uh, that was always a plus for me. And your brother played as well? Yes, yeah. My brother played. We played all the different sports uh, growing up. Uh, baseball, basketball, soccer. So about uh, eighth grade, played basketball, baseball. And then did some football in uh, in high school, a couple years. And the little marching band. That I, in there, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always like asking questions to you know professional athletes that, you know, at what point did you start thinking, wow, I can make a career out of this? Was this like maybe when you got recruited uh, to go to college or was it in college? Was it right at your success in college? At what point did you say, wow, this could be my career going forward? Um, I would definitely have to say it was more so in college. I guess the mindset was kind of prepped, though, when I was like 15 Hmm. um, of, you know, kind of thinking, okay, hey, you know, my dad always told me, he's like, if you want to be a big leader, you kind of have to start thinking that way now. Um, And so I, I always threw it in there. Basketball was my first love growing up. So it was, you know, I wanted to grow up and get a scholarship somewhere, go play basketball and like baseball. I'd always enjoyed baseball, but basketball was kind of the first love. And then when, you know, point guards were six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, I was like, yeah, my, my shot at basketball is probably not going <laughs> to work out too well. So let me stick to this baseball thing. And in high school it was just, uh, just trying to really just get a scholarship somewhere to go play and just kind of take it, you know, level by level. And once I got into uh, college and had a couple good seasons there and was on the radar and uh, just, you know, continue to kind of focus that way, you know, was getting drafted and then the rest was history. The rest was history. And uh, you went to Missouri State University. Were uh, the scouts coming to see you when you were in high school, Ryan? Uh, yeah, we had a few. It was actually, it's funny, you know, how it works out sometimes um, with, with the whole scouting thing. I was a sophomore in high school, and I wasn't really scouted at all. And um, we were playing this one school, Kirkwood, and they had this guy, um, Alvin Morrow, who was like, he was a grown man in in high school. He he was basically like me grown, but in high school at like 6'6". And, um, you know, he was recruited to go to Florida State for baseball and football. And um, all the scouts were coming to see him, and we were playing against his school, and I hit two home runs that day, and it put me on the map in terms of, 
Uh, yeah, we hear that so all the time. Yeah, crazy. you do hear that all we, the time. Yeah. We hear this all the time when you when we talk to players. We've done three years of interviews, and it's always that somebody went out to scout a guy on my team or a guy you're yeah, playing yeah. against, and then you get discovered. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's funny. I mean, when, uh, you, you do what you do when those eyes are out there. Yeah. They may not necessarily come to see you, but when they leave, you want them to remember who you are. And they remember so, two home runs uh, that night. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, it. That's well, it. Right. And then, you know, you talk, yeah, and then you get drafted, 2001, fifth-round pick of the Phillies. And then and then the whirlwind begins. It's so funny. John and I, you know, we always do, you know, we know you and, you know, the success you had here. But when you look back and see how that all happened and, you know, by the time you got to Reading, and you're really, I mean, you're chasing Greg Luzinski's home run record at Reading. Yeah, you know? did, did you surprise yourself mm-hmm. with that, with that, you know, th- that rise through the minor leagues yeah. that was, you know, setting records? Uh, did that surprise you yourself? Um, I mean, in, in all actuality, not really. I mean, yeah. I, I knew what I was capable of and just like I'd always believed in my ability. Yeah. And I always set the bar very high for myself. Um, and in terms, I mean, it wasn't necessarily looking to try to go and, you know, set set new records and do whatever. It was just me just challenging myself and trying to live up to the best ability uh, that I knew I was capable of and, and going out and trying to perform. So, I mean, for me, it was like when I go do that, you know, I felt like good things would happen and all the other stuff would kind of kind of come to be. And, and, you know, you let other people kind of talk about all that stuff, but I was just focused on going out there and trying to beat up on some people. <laughs> well, uh, I was in Reading on Sunday, and, you know, you have uh, still have close friends up there. They're great guys. When they, when they heard we were interviewing you today, they're like, ah, you know, you're their favorite, and just they think back at that <laughs> unbelievable time when you were spending up there. When you were, uh, I guess, Luzinski's record, I think it was 36. I think you had 37 in Reading. But uh, did, you know you, like, did you know Greg Luzinski at the time? Did you know that was a, a pretty big deal, especially in Reading? I just I had briefly known um, of him a little bit. Uh, you know, I kind of knew. You know, coming up in the minor leagues, I didn't really know a whole lot about the, the the Phillies history, other than like, you know, a lot of the big name guys and and, and Smitty and you know Steve Carlton and, and guys like that. But um, I heard, you know, I was hearing about you know Craig Wazinski and and all the stuff that he had done, and um, as I was as I was doing it. You know, again, it was it wasn't so much like, hey, I'm looking to try to chase this or try to do this. It was more about doing what I needed to do to try sure. to get to the big leagues. Yeah. So that was more where the focus was. But I mean, at the same time, it was great. It was, you know, kind of sitting there putting up video game type numbers, and it was funny. In Double A at the time, I think it was um, I had like 33 home runs or something like that by the all-star break or before the all-star break in, in Reading and went to the all-star game and I'm seeing guys in other organizations you know get moved up and guys are coming to me and they're like Ryan like why are you still here right. I was like bro I, I, I'm like I don't make that call bro like, yeah yeah you know I'm not the one that says hey you know let me just go pack my car and go to Scranton at the time so you know it's just trying to make the most of the time at each level that I was there and just try to dominate it to the to the fullest well the guys in reading were like you gotta you know ask ryan does he remember when uh after you broke the uh the reading record you know the, matt jackson who works up there uh you know went out and bought all this like 70s uh 
attire and you guys all like dressed up in 70s outfits and went to a karaoke bar to celebrate oh, you breaking yeah. the record <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember they had like the retro my guy jack man still keep in touch to this day um yeah i mean he's like yeah, I always call him like Baby Matthew McConaughey. He's just like he's, he's <laughs> yeah, the he retro. Is. Yeah, he reminds me of that. He's the, he's he's the retro king. I mean, you can throw him <laughs> in anything, any kind of throwback, and he's gonna make it look relevant. He'll 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 kill it. Uh. Yeah, and then you know you get called up in two thousand and four, right in September. Um, you have success, and then two thousand and five. That was really your rookie year, and you end up being rookie of the year. But sometimes you have to have a break, I guess. And you know, one of the things that was not your break at the point was Jim Tomey. You know, our big free agent signing uh, a couple of years before uh, was the everyday first baseman, and that's one of the reasons, obviously, why you were blocked and why you weren't brought up sooner. But then there was a break because on July first, uh, you became the everyday first baseman because Tomey went down, I believe, with an elbow injury. Right. So sometimes, I guess, you also have to have some fortune, I guess. Right. That was just. At some point, it's going to happen. It's just, I guess, that turned it up sooner than you thought. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is understanding, like, you know, for me, when Tone signed in 2002, uh, I was going into my first full season, full professional season heading to Lakewood. I was drafted in 01. So, um, you know, for me, it's kind of like, wow, you know, they just signed Jim Tomei to a six-year deal and, you know, had a decision to make. You know, I could sit there and – and complain and sing my shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or continue to focus on what I needed to do, which was get into the big leagues, whether that was with the Phillies or whether it was with somebody else. So, you know, I just put all my my um, my focus into trying to get to the big leagues and, and just putting out a good effort. And, you know, once I got the opportunity, also knowing that, like, nothing is owed to you. I mean, no matter what you do, nothing's owed to you. So, you know, you have to be ready um, – when you get that opportunity. And for me, it was just trying to make the most of the opportunities that I got. And then when Tone got down or went down, you know, it was just, Hey, this is it. So I got to go, go make the most of it. Yeah, and meanwhile, Ryan, how great of a guy is Jim Tomey, right? I mean, uh, oh. great influence uh, on you, I guess. Oh, big thump, man. He's one of the best. I mean, one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet genuinely like cheering for you to be successful and have success out on the field. And, um, I mean, just amazing. He was nothing but kind for me, even when I was out there caddying for him, you know, coming up as a, as a young buck behind him, um, you know, always gave me good advice. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. They even kill in this game. You know, there's going to be uh, some roller coasters in it, but just stay, stay on plane and just trust your stuff. So uh was always, man, always very, very kind and helping to me and, Always had a smile on his face, man. Just enjoyed yeah. it. Just yeah. really enjoyed it. And you mentioned nickname for Tommy. Uh, was it Charlie who gave you the big piece nickname? <laughs> this is correct, yes. And how did that come about? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I think it was just more kind of uh, like the big piece of the puzzle, right? The big piece in the lineup um, kind of coming up to kind of help change the flow of a game. So, you know, coming up with a big hit or, or just, I don't know what it was. I guess it just it just stuck. And and talk about Charlie, because obviously, you know, Tom and I both know Charlie very well, and he's, uh, I think I can say it for both of us, that he's one of our favorite people on, this, on this earth, not just in baseball. Uh, what was it like playing for Charlie? I mean, he, that was something special. Oh, man, I can concur with that. Like, he's definitely one of my favorite people. Um, Charlie brought uh, 
a very relaxed, like very upbeat vibe. And I think that, you know, it resonated through the rest of the coaching staff. Um, you know, with, with Charlie, it was always coming in very loose, very relaxed, um, joking around, messing around with guys. And it was like, you know, always kind of throwing them little subliminals like, oh, you got to you gotta want to hit, son. Right. You got to want to be in that situation. Mm. You know, even though he's kind of like talking trash to you, it's like those little things kind of jump out. And it's like, yeah, you do have to want to hit. You do have to want to be in those situations. Don't, don't want to shy away from it, you know. But um, he always preached encouragement. And if a guy had a bad day, um, or, or had an error or something like that that might have cost the team the game or a pitcher might have made a pitch that, you know, might have cost the team the game or something like that. You know, it's one thing for your teammates to always come up to you and say, hey, man, don't worry about it. We'll give them tomorrow. Like, we got you, blah, blah, blah. But when your manager does it, it's a whole different thing. And when it all- he comes yeah. and he pats you on the back. You know, if you want to go through a brick wall the next day nice. um, to make sure you don't let him or your team down. Yeah, and I can also imagine, like, you know, I've been through a lot of different managers, uh, and it just seems that, you know, when the manager comes in the clubhouse, the guys kind of would rather be to them, you know, to hang out with their teammates, and kind of, it's almost like the teacher walking by, you want to kind of, you know, not really be in the visible to the teacher. Charlie, t- to me, seemed like the exact opposite. When Charlie came into the clubhouse, people were vying for his attention. Charlie, Charlie, come over here. Chuck, mm-hmm. Chuck, right? I mean, you guys love Charlie. Oh, yeah, Charlie would come in the clubhouse and, and sit down and start messing around with guys and talking to guys and guys would either go in the office or go talk to him. I mean, it was, it was a very, very open, uh, you know, it was always an open door, you know, with Charlie and, and, and the coaching staff. And there was a lot of joking and messing around with the coaching staff too. I mean, you know, we had my guy, Nick Billmeyer. Hmm. You guys remember <laughs> Nick. Oh, yeah. Every, every, every day, aside from yourself, Bray's like Nick had a joke <laughs> or, yeah. or, or six. Yeah. Or six jokes, you know. So it was like he was keeping everything, you know, loose and lax and, and all that. And a lot of – there was always trash talk with Doobie at some point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, just everything with, with the uh, the team and the staff was so was so loose and just uh, so transparent. It was amazing. One other question about Charlie. Did he um, get you to uh, start with that – the trigger wedge you put your bat out in front of you before a pitch? Did he? Did he? Because uh, Tommy, of course, kind of that was his trigger. Did Did Charlie uh, influence you with that maneuver? <laughs> yes, he did. He uh-huh. did. Um, and, and it helped. And that was back in Reading. In Reading. Yeah, it yeah. was back in Reading because he noticed, like at times, I was a little inconsistent on how I was lining up. Hmm. And so what he did was was by having me kind of do that, and I'm and I guess like Tommy kind of had the same thing that he was coming up by doing that. It kept me open to the pitcher and kept me square to the pitcher so then when I drop my hand back all I do is just drop my hand back mm. and just go right up into into my stance and I'm not too closed off to where I'm looking out of you know one eye whereas once I'm open I'm seeing the pitcher with both eyes and then I just drop my hand back and then I'm seeing them with both eyes so now I can really focus on being the pitch. Huh. Well, that explains it because, John, you know how the fanatic, when he's on the field before the game, imitates Ryan. He imitates, Howard, yeah. yeah he, you know, each player comes up. And with Ryan, the fanatic would always see he, he's, he's not real smart. He thought Ryan was calling his <laughs> shot 
you know, like Babe Ruth. Every, like Babe Ruth before right. every pitch. And, right. and Fanak always felt bad for Ryan. It's like, man, he's not very good at calling a shot. He, he, he's calling a shot after, you know, before every pitch. But but he wasn't, John, he wasn't. I try to explain to the Fanatic, I don't think he's calling a shot. You know, that, Ryan, did you pay attention to the Fanatic doing that? Because if you did, oh, always. Then, well, then always. you saw what he did for your catcher then, right? For Chooch? What? Oh yeah, the oh, fanatic yeah. would pretend oh, yeah. like he's a jockey. Was it? <laughs> right? Who was, was it? Was it? Was it? Was it worthy that he would like really like swim up and get skinny? Yes, yes, Jason <laughs> <Yeah>. Worth, right? <laughs> exactly right. Then Ben Francisco yeah. on a uh, on, on a trolley car. That was that was a little too obscure. That, that was very yeah. obscure. You were yeah, kind of yeah. leaning out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you also had. What did you do for Burl? I, I forget what you did for Burl. Uh, he was a good-looking guy, you know. Yeah. So just I think, this, he did, stud. I think he did the strut. The strut, a right. little Burl. bit of a strut. He did the he did the jockey for cute. Yeah, little luau uh, hula dancing for Shane. Yeah, for, and for, for Chase, Shane, he'd run yeah. away like he's being chased. Being chased, yes, that was real yeah. crea- real creative. <laughs> Wait, what, what did he what did he what did he do for Jimmy? Uh, hey, what did you do for Jimmy? I, I think for I Jimmy. think he'd get on his knees, pretend to take uh, grounders. I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Ryan. Here's here's a good one. So the fanatic would always for the backup catcher, right? It would always be like on mm-hmm. usually on a Sunday. It feels like on a Sunday, right? Day game after night game. Yep. And then the fanatic would like wait for the catcher, and they'd say the backup catcher, and then, then the fanatic would be like, "What?" Yeah, but would shrug, would shrug his like, hands yeah, like, like, "What's going on? Where's uh, Lieberthal? Where's you know whoever?" <laughs> so he did that one time to Todd Pratt, right? Oh yeah. Pratt. Todd Todd Pratt came into his to the fanatic's room after the game and was not happy yeah, that you know he's like, "I've been a major leaguer for how many years, and you give me that?" So so you know what the fanatic started doing? He, Pratt had such a big head, he started to doing the big head thing the Bruce Bochy one the Bruce Bochy thing for Todd Pratt (laughs) tank oh that's awesome but I love the fact that you guys all watch that because I I thought I was one of the few people that have watched all that (laughs) oh yeah definitely Uh, definitely. hey 2006 too Ryan one of one of the greatest things I think I've ever seen and I'm 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 telling you the truth I go to the all-star game every year I hang out with the mascots every year since 1996, and in 2006, the home run derby, you against David Wright, and uh, man, that it was there was so much juice in the building, and when you hit the hit it here sign at the end, it was like the place erupted. I was with my two kids who were kind of young at the time, and uh, my brother Mark, and we were just going ape. I mean, it was just we we went crazy. <laughs> Oh, was that is that oh, a lot yeah, of pressure, yeah. Ryan? Or, or yeah, is, is that, that a big thrill too? Like you know, uh, obviously we're watching as Philly fans and rooting for you. But is that is that a cool thing for you, or is that just a another thing, another? Yeah, just just the home run derby in general. Yeah. I mean it's it's fun, man. I mean you try to make it fun, and your competitive juices, you know, obviously get to flowing um, as you get as you get going. Um, you know, for me, it was special. I got to share it with my my son, who was very young at the time. Now he was he was five at the time, so now he's off in in college. Um, I just Jeez. got him all squared away the other day. He's at wow. LSU, but, uh, right? LSU. Yeah, he's yeah awesome. he's down at LSU now. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's tiring, very very tiring. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, your your competitive juices kind of get to flowing, but. You know, you try to enjoy it and have fun at the same time, and you know, hitting the hit it here sign on the on the <laughs> last one and kind of walk it off was uh, was really awesome. Oh, it I was. Mean, so I'm sure that I'm sure whoever won that is still going off those 400, 500 free flights they got. Ryan Howard, can he do it on this swing? Take it away, Boomer. Abreu, last year Phillies. Ryan Howard. Oh! 
Speaking of long home runs, that 2006 was we're on that year. You became the first player to hit a home run into Ashburn Alley. I clearly remember that. Mm. Uh, you also that same year were the first player to hit a home run into the third deck of the park in right field. I certainly remember that. Towering drive. Watch this baby way out of here. Tremendous home run. Ryan Howard into the upper deck. Wow. The first time we've seen a ball, the first time I've seen a ball go in the upper, upper deck. We usually say the upper deck, meaning the second deck. This in the third deck, just behind the autotrader.com sign. Wow. Uh, and do you remember they, they painted a white H on the seat uh, where the ball was caught? Uh, and then oh, even wow. and then even today, I went out. Uh, I forgot. Remember when you when you uh, set the record for most home runs in a season, uh, which is what fifty eight, right? Yep. They uh, yep. we, there's yep. a there's there's a plaque out at uh, section one forty five, row seven. There's a plaque that's out there. Uh, obviously, like, I think your son un- helped unveil that, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, he did, which was pretty cool. I think it was like my last game. Um, there in 2016 where they uh unveiled that plaque so that was that was a pretty cool little uh gesture to have that done nice and then uh, of course 2007 great ride jimmy uh the team that beat can you believe it got so much attention when he said that did you did you thought uh oh you know they're gonna jump all, the media's gonna jump all over this and uh you know uh we've got to rise to the the challenge Oh, of course. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> they did jump the on it. The media didn't jump. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah, the media didn't jump on it. I mean, it's like, what's, what's going on? Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, you know, for Jimmy to do that, and, 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 you know, he's talked about it many, many a time, yeah. where, yeah, I mean, he felt confident in, in what we were doing. It wasn't a, a slight to the Mets or anything like that. I mean, we knew that they were good. We knew that they had won. But, you know, he felt – confident in who we were and, and what we were as a team and, you know, felt that, hey, we're the team to beat. Yeah. So we went out there. We couldn't let him go out there on that island by himself. So, yeah. you know, we went out there and we lived up to what, you know, what he was saying. And ultimately it, it came to fruition. It did. And what do you remember from that uh, uh, clinching day, uh, the last game of the season when, uh, you know, uh, I remember, I remember, I remember running out there and, I think that the Mets were losing their game. Yes, they were down like five to nothing or yep. six to nothing or something like that before we even started. So yeah. you could already feel the buzz in the stands um, with the crowd because you know basically it was on us. Like we win, we're we win, we're in. You know, so um, you know it was exciting. We already knew even before that um, that it was going to be an exciting day uh, when we showed up. So whether the Mets won or not, like we still knew we had to go out and go handle our business, but that just made it a little bit better and just gave us more fire to go out. And I think it was the Nationals we were playing. 
yep, um, yep. put them, you know, go out and, and, and put them away. All right. And then let's get, well, also that year can't, uh, I mean, you set the record, you became the fastest player in major league baseball history to hit a hundred home runs. Uh, it was achieved in only 325 games, 60 games fewer than the 385 games that Ralph Kiner needed to hit, hit his first 100 home runs. Slouch. Yeah, sl- exactly. Ralph Slouch. <laughs> uh, and then obviously 2008. We, we love to talk about the 2008 season. I mean, talk about that when, you know, you guys getting into the playoffs, uh, you know, same thing. You weren't assured of getting into the playoffs, and you got you make a run. Uh, and then, you know, you got just such magical – your buddy Shane gets the grand slam off CC Sabathia. You know, and then uh, – you got Joe Blanton hitting a home run. You know what I mean? Just, just that. It was just a wild, a wild, time. A wild season. And I just have to say, too, I mean, talking about those three years, you know, Ryan, I know you know the numbers, but 149 RBIs in 2006, 136 RBIs in 2007, and 146 RBIs in 2008. And it's just awesome. But it also means uh, those guys are getting on base, right? Oh, most definitely. I mean, it was, you know, we had, we had some special squads. Um, it was, it was one of those things to where, again, you know, for 2008, again, you got to go back to 2005, 2006, like those years. I remember in 2005 when I first got called up, you know, or the, the, the second time when Tommy went down and I was up for the rest of the season, you got to remember we were in the playoff hunt right then. Yeah. So it was, you know, myself, Chase, Jimmy on that squad. Um, I think Kalo was on there, you know, Michael Tucker, all those guys, and that was the year we lost out. Yeah. Uh, we went into D.C., swept Washington, which is what we needed to do, and we lost out at the very end where Houston won the wild card and ultimately wound up going to the World Series. So it was like for us, it was getting a taste of what it was like to be in a playoff chase and then coming back you know, the next year and then finally making it in 2007, running into the buzzsaw that was the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Um, I don't think we really knew once we made it, like what to expect in the playoffs. And then once we got that taste, it was, okay, we've got unfinished business going into 2008 and knowing what we were capable of to get back, not only get back, but go deep into the playoffs. Um, we knew, I mean, of, of all the, the pitching staff that we had, you know, I think a lot of people would probably say that that 2008 staff was probably not the best pitching staff that we had but with joe blanton bulldog absolute pit bull on the mound you got brett myers slightly crazy bulldog on the mound jamie moyer the ageless one you know going out there and and stirring it up uh my man hollywood cole looking good while he's you know punching people out so like that whole staff that we had it was they were able to go out there and get it done with the bullpen that we had yeah with durbin and conry and it was it's yeah, I mean, it, and then you have the bridge to live with JC, Ryan Madsen, and, uh, and, and, and Lidgey. Like, you know, it, it just all came together. Um, and I think that it just everybody was just feeding off of everybody. With Brett had that at bat against CC, which led to Shane yep, yep. hitting the Grand Slam. With, you know, because I don't know how many people know how much trash talk takes place during the season because pitchers, all they do is try to hit home runs in batting practice. And we're like, yo, you guys need to bunt, bunt, bunt. But <laughs> Brett's at bat. Brett's at bat, I think it was like a 9-10 pitch, 13-pitch oh, yeah. at bat, you know, to work the walk, to load the bases. And the crowd was hanging on every pitch. Yeah. The crowd was getting yeah. louder and louder to, and louder. To, 
to do that, first off, we're all the hitters are like, all right, well, I feel like that's awesome, but it's like, man, that was Brett. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like Brett worked that at bat, like let's go. And then Shane comes up and hits, hits the grand slam. We knew that if we got past CC, um, we were going to be able to make some things happen because CC at that time was, was on a tear yeah. uh, for for Milwaukee, and you know had just been pitching lights out. So we knew if we can get past CC um, and get get out on these guys early, like it, it, it's going to be a wrap. Then let, let's go to the World Series, and I, you know we asked this question to Jamie and to all the different guys from that team that we've had on so far. Uh, game five gets called uh, with the with the weather. What was going through your head when it got called? What did you do in that uh, what day and a half between? And you know, did that make you more amped? Did that were you more anxious? Walk us through you know, what we were going it, through. It was it was weird because I remember Cole was pitching. It was like sweet snow raining all of the above. It was like the coldest I think I've ever been playing baseball. I could not feel my hand. I remember BJ Upton was on first. Cole gave me like a courtesy throw over. And I just remember thinking to myself, do not throw me the ball because <laughs> I can't feel my hand. Like, I, do not throw it to me. And I'm like, I don't know how he's doing it right now, you know, being able to pitch. And then once they called it, you know, after they were able to tie, after the, the Rays were able to tie the game up, um, I was like, all right, well, that sucks because we didn't get a chance to hit, you know, in in this type of type of weather where we were having to play defense and stuff like that. So, but I think the good thing about it was, was that they looked at the radar. They didn't bring us back to the field the next day, knowing that the radar was the way it was and it was going to rain all day. So it was like, you just had kind of a built in off day. Um, because when you come to the field and you're trying to get amped up for the game and all you're doing is sitting there doing a rain delay, it's kind of like, it takes some of the steam out. Yeah. So I always I thought that that was a really good job by you know Major League Baseball uh, to say, hey, we're gonna get to, we're gonna finish this game um, when you know when the weather permits. And because I was thinking at that time, like, man, are we gonna win the World Series like on a rainout? Hmm. Like how's this gonna work? Yeah. 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 So and and I think that Bud Selig had come out of the sound and said, no, we're going to we're going to complete the game. We're not going to let it stop, even if it was if we were still up, you know, uh, by a run that we were going to go and complete the game whenever the weather was uh, good enough to do so. So I thought it was a big thing by having that extra day off. I think it was a Wednesday or something and not coming to the ballpark to come back on Thursday, like geared up, ready to go. And, and my man, Jenkins, yeah. uh, Jeff Jenkins coming out there, hitting yeah. the double to get it, get things started off. Jenkins hits it in the air to right center field at the wall. Extra bases for Jenkins to start the inning. He thought about three. He'll hold with a double. And, you know, the crowd was just going nuts. Uh, and then we win, oh, yeah. and and I do remember uh, again, not to throw the fanatic back in, but uh, the fanatic was given the, the big banner, and uh, he spotted you and handed you the flag, and then you went and took a lap around the field with all the players following you around. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I mean, 
you know, once once we won, uh, it was just like jubilation all over the place, man. It was just one big, one big happy party. Just, <laughs> just the eyes, the eyes were burning from beer and champagne, and you know, being able to share it with the crowd. And um, you know, I don't think anybody left the yeah. the, the stadium, uh, which. It was great. Was it emotional too? Were you were you thinking about maybe Charlie or maybe your parents or was there was there anybody you were kind of thinking of at, at that time? Maybe your coach grow, uh, growing up. Like, was it were there any of that nostalgic points with at that moment? Yeah, I think it was just you know it was the adrenaline of just like wow, like this really happens. Like you know, as you win at that at that moment in time, you're just thinking like for me it was like celebration, celebration. Like I'm tackling. it. Chooch and, and, and Brad, like, in this situation, we're all going down, which was a terrible mistake because you never want to end up on the bottom <laughs> right. of the pile. Right. So, uh, especially with Shane, you know, double tapping, um, <laughs> jumping on the pile. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, in that, in that moment, it's like you're just thinking about celebrating it there with your teammates um, and enjoying it. And, I, and then I think once you, you know, kind of get to calm down a little bit, then it kind of helps – put everything in perspective from my overall baseball career, my life baseball career, as you said, from little league, all the coaches along the way and everything, you know, that led up to that moment. Hmm. All right. Then let's go to the parade. Obviously, did you have any idea? Uh, Tom and I both went to the 1980 parade, uh, but did Mm -hmm. you have any idea? Obviously, you know, Philadelphia, uh, you knew Philadelphia is kind of a crazy town in a good way. Did you have any idea what that what you were about to hit when you when you when you hit saw those millions of people on Broad Street and all over the I, city? I I had no, I didn't really have a grasp or an idea. Uh, we kept kind of hearing about it, but I knew it was going to be crazy if we won because when we clinched um, the NLCS in LA, we heard like what was going on back in Philly. They were like, oh, people are climbing like, you know, light poles and all people are all out in the street and they're celebrating and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, we didn't even even win yet. You know, we just just made it to the World Series. So, like, imagine what would happen if we actually won. So, yeah, I mean, it was great. Like, the turnout was amazing. Um, All the way down, all the way down Broad Street uh, was just awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Well, uh, and you, you went to the White House, and then, you know, the whole team goes uh, Barack Obama. But I saw another picture online recently where I think he was in the locker room at the All-Star game. I'm not sure what city it was in. And there's a picture of you. St. Louis. Hang- oh, it's St. Louis. Yep. And there you are hanging out mm-hmm. with Barack Obama. Is he on, like, speed dial now, or are you guys buds? Or- oh, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he came in uh- – yeah, because I think because Prince and I had Prince and I, Prince Fielder and I, I saw the I have that picture. Uh, Prince Fielder and I were like locker mates. Our lockers were like okay. right next to each other. Then the All Star game in St. Louis and uh, Rock came through and, and was just kind of shaking everybody's hand and saying hello to everybody. So it was really really cool moment. And then uh, also, you know, it's kind of cool if, since you're you know you become a major league baseball superstar. Then all of a sudden you start, you have a little Hollywood career, right? So you were in Entourage. <laughs> yeah, I think little, in, little, little's probably the appropriate word. You yeah, know, it's I mean, always sunny in Philadelphia, right? Like, what was, what was, what was yeah. acting in those shows like? Have you ever not played yourself though, Ryan? And, you're always a, playing Ryan Howard. Well, and to no. have a character in the I office, am. have a character in the office named after you. Yeah, I know. Right? 
Yeah, I, I actually did uh, a, an episode in the office as well. So mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Uh, I, I always wanted to kind of, I always enjoyed kind of doing things that were a little bit out of my, my comfort zone and comfort level and enjoyed kind of seeing how um, actors are in their niche, right? And seeing how they go about preparing themselves and what they do. And I did uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Chase, um, which was awesome <laughs> to see Chase for like those who only right. really dealt with Chase like on the field, you know, how hard knows. He was amazing in the episode we did for It's Always Sunny. So, but he um, wasn't a better actor than you, yeah. though, right? <laughs> oh man, we 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 had fun. I, I always just wanted to try to have fun with it. Yeah. Um. However, however we went about doing it, so it was always cool. I was very lucky to be, uh, be on those shows and and, and just have a little part in them. So it was cool. Well, you guys all got your night that uh, where you got honored, and you know, with Chase, they had uh, Rob. Is it McElhaney, John? Uh, the guy from McElhaney, I think. McElhaney, yeah. You know, he caught. Chase's uh, first pitch that night on Chase Utley night and, uh, you know, fulfilling mm-hmm. a dream, you know, but uh, yeah, he, he, Chase was blown away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. What do you, oh, you got the quiz, John? I do. Did, a- hey, Ryan, did John tell Uh-oh. you? You're no, gonna, you're... of course I didn't. Yeah, okay. I don't like to tell them ahead of, of time. Of course. Because then cl- they can say no. That's, quite, that's why they call it a pop quiz. That's, <laughs> that's why it's called pop exactly quiz. Exactly right. Well, this is – I do a quiz to all of our guests, and it's eight questions, and it's multiple choice. Calculus, but, but, but trigonometry. You, sh- you should do well because it's about yeah. your life. It's your so life. You got Obviously, this. you are in Uh-oh. prime Uh-oh. position to do well. And we always, we always set the bar at uh, 75%. So you just have to get six out of eight. Um, oh, you, we didn't even mention that you're an author too. So I was gonna you're, say, you're you an wins. actor. You're you're an author of kids' books. You're a chef. That's what Tom said. And obviously, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, so you got all kinds of stuff. So Renaissance man. I've got eight questions, and just want to see if you're ready. Okay. This is multiple choice. All right. All right. You ready for the first question? Oh wait, Tom, what does he win oh, if you get six go. out of eight? How about a little rhino book? A little rhino. Oh, awesome. <laughs> wait, wait. What? You're gonna give him a little yeah, rhino book? I think he's probably for his collection. First collection. All right, there you go. <laughs> Autograph two by the fanatic. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, here we go. You went to Lafayette High School in Wildwood, Missouri, not Wildwood, New Jersey. Uh, which of these celebrities did not go to Lafayette High School? Okay, so I'm going to name four celebrities. One did not go to uh, uh, Lafayette High School. So was it A, 2011 World Series MVP David Freeze? Is it B? Robert Archibald, former NBA power forward and center. C, Nipsey Russell, former match game 76 celebrity. Or D, Luke Voigt, New York Yankees first baseman. So was it David Free? Who did not? Yeah, one did okay. not go. Who did not go? Yeah, David Freeze, Robert right. Archibald, Nipsey Russell, or Luke Voigt. All right, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, my man, Deep Freeze, was two years behind me, so we were there at the same time. Yeah. My Deep man, Freeze. Big Slob, Arch- my, I used to call him Big Slob. And he used to call me a uh, big perm, a big worm back in back in high school. Okay. So we were there the same year, and uh, my man Luke Voigt came a little bit after. So I got to go with C. You said Nipsey. Nipsey Russell. Now, I, if you <laughs> listen, to, you obviously didn't listen to our podcast before because I always have one former Match Game seventy six. You're way too young to know what Match Game seventy six is, but I always mention one random celebrity from Match Game, and yes, Nipsey Russell is a random <laughs> celebrity from there. So you got it. All right, you are one for one. One for one. 
All right. You went to awesome. Southwest Missouri State, which is now known as Missouri Correct. State University. Which of these celebrities mm-hmm. did not go to Southwest Missouri State or Missouri State? Okay. Was it A, rapper Meek Mill, B, Kathleen Turner, uh, who transferred to UMBC at some point, Clay Harbor, who's NFL player and the Bachelorette contestant, and actor John Goodman. So you got Meek Mill, Kathleen Turner, mm-hmm. Clay Harbor, John Goodman. Which one did not? Yep. I'm going to say Meek Mill. Meek Mill is correct. Yes. That was you. And you went to, for one of your walk-up songs, at least one of your songs was. Was uh, it Meek Mill? Yeah, Meek there Mill. it is. Yep. So you had the yeah. inside track there. All right. You were drafted by the Phils in 2001. And your first assignment mm-hmm. was to play in the New York Penn League for the Batavia Muck Dogs. Love that name, by the way. Which one of these mm-hmm. was not a teammate in 2001? Uh-oh. So Ooh. three are teammates. One is not. 20 years ago. All right. All right. Here ready? we go. Uh, Il Ilyo- Yop Kim. Okay. Il Yop Kim. <laughs> Vince. The notorious K I M. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Vince Vukovic, Sean Walsh, uh-huh. or Jack Fritz. Which one? Jack Fritz. Jack Fritz is correct. He is Jack the Fritz. he is the producer for the Ike Reese and John Marks show on on uh, WIP. On WIP. So yes, very good. You're see you're yeah. on, you're on a roll. All right. We mentioned that the character Ryan Howard is named after you. So in the office, Mm -hmm. the character Ryan Howard was arrested in season four. What was he arrested for? Was it money laundering? Was it fraud? Was it bribery or assault and battery? Money laundering, fraud, bribery, or assault and battery? Uh, I'm going to say fraud. Fraud is correct. He's 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 batting a thousand. Look at this. Nice. All right. Uh, you, you know, we used to see you all the time in Subway commercials. Where is Subway's mm-hmm. franchise world headquarters? Uh, you probably know Ooh. it off the top of your head, or don't you? Do you want? Do you need the? Oh, uh, don't. You need the uh, multiple choice. All right. Fr- the franchise yeah, world multiple. headquarters is it Milford, Connecticut, Chesapeake City, Maryland, Jenkintown, Pennsylvania, or Plattsburgh, New York? So is it Milford, Chesapeake City? Jenkintown or Plattsburgh? They didn't fly you to the headquarters. Yeah, I guess they never flew you to the headquarters. What's up with that? No, I didn't. No. Um, I'm going to say Chesapeake. No, Chesapeake City is uh, where our co-worker Scott uh, Scott Nickel hangs out all the time. No, it's Milford, Connecticut. Oh, Milford, Connecticut. Milford, Milford. Connecticut. Oh, oh no. Yeah. That's all right. You have room, actually, to, to get one more wrong, although you're not going to because okay. you're, you're shooting you know, for the high bar here. All right, it gets a little easier because these are more baseball questions, so this should be easier. Oh, Ready? Gotcha. On April 23rd, 2006, you became the first Philly, as I mentioned before, to hit a home run into Ashburn Alley. Uh, the ball went 496 feet. Who was it off of? Okay. Do you know off the top of your head, or do I have to give you the multiple choice? Um, yeah, I'll probably have to take the multiple choice. All right. I think that, that is a debatable number, too, by the way. Uh, 496. It's 496? Yeah. You're saying it was <laughs> further. You're saying it was in the 500s? Who knows? All right. Who knows? A is Jason Vargas. B is Yosmero okay. Petit. C is Sergio Mitra. And D is Taylor Tankersley. So uh, Jason Vargas is Mero Pettit. Mitre. Mitre is correct. Yes. You're correct. Yeah. All right. I think you only have to get one out of two here. Correct. You're, you're going to go two for Yay. two. Though. 
Uh, as I mentioned, you also became the first player to hit a home run into the third deck in right field. Uh, this one was 437 foot. Are you, are you in dispute of that? I dispute that, too. I dispute that, too. Come on. Yeah. I dispute that, We can too. dispute that. Yeah. I think we can dispute that. And yeah. that was where they put the white H on there that was painted on the seat. Uh, who did you hit that mm. one off of? Was that Brandon Webb, Roy Oswalt, nope. Carlos Zimbrano, or Mike Mussina? Oh, Mike Mussina. Mike Mussina is, is correct. You've already qualified, yeah. so he's going to get the little rhino book. Going to get the rhino but book. But just to, oh, just to make bonus. it seven out get of eight. Oh, wait a minute. I just I already answered this one. Uh, you're good. Well, no, I did the 100th. All right, we'll still go with it. On July 16, 2009, you hit your 200th home run, making you the fastest player to ever hit that mark in only 658 games. Who had the previous record at 706? I, I even mentioned his name earlier. So is it Willie Stargell, Ralph Kiner, Reggie Jackson, or Babe Ruth? <laughs> Ralph Kiner. Ralph, Ralph Kiner, Kiner 7 out of 8, Tom. How about that? Ryan, it's impressive, man. You haven't lost anything off the old uh, fastball. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, and you win a chicken appreciate sandwich from, from, from Colby's. <laughs> Colby's awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> to cash that one in. Ryan, we appreciate you doing this. Uh, hopefully uh, you get to the ballpark soon. You, you planning any trips to Philly before the season ends? or? Uh, I'm sure we'll probably get back up there at some point uh, before. Right now, getting the kids situated, get them back at school. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll get back up there, though. Wait, awesome. I got one last question before we let you go. I, I know because, you, you know, I worked with you for many years. Um, of all the mm -hmm. celebrities, because we've had tons of celebrities come through, what celebrity was the one that you were most excited to meet? Oh, that's a good question. That, that came into the clubhouse. Again, I, I, I know oh, personally because I brought a lot of these guys in. Hey, Barack but, is pretty uh, top well, yeah, of the food chain. You right? Know. Besides yeah, Barack Obama because you, you mentioned him. But how about, how about somebody maybe in the acting or music world? Who was, who was the one that, was, that you were most excited to meet? Oh, man. There's, oh, man. Yeah, that's um, hard. We'd have a hard time answering that, John. Uh, yeah, I don't even know, man. Mine, like, mine, mine was probably Eddie Vedder or, um, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up with Simon and Garfunkel, Art Garfunkel, you know, something like that. Or even actually Christopher Guest, because I love all those, you know, all those movies that he put. So, I mean, I've got a lot right. of them. But what's the girl, uh, not Vanna White, because it was, it, oh, it, one White. day I met Vanna White and the girl who was on the commercial with um, Smoltz and those guys, Chicks Dig the Long Ball, the blonde from... Um, <laughs> What was her name? I don't uh, know. Oh, come on. Famous actress. She was at the vet fi filming the commercial. can't believe I'm spacing on her name. Oh, 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 I know. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, uh, yes, I know who you're talking about. She, um, yeah. Not Victoria. It's, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, it was like the I greatest know, day of my life, right? I know who you're talking about. I can't about. believe I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> I phoned my brothers. I'm like, you can't believe the day I had. I met Vanna White, and then I, she's I'm, literally the- I'm picturing She was right married now. to uh, the rocker- um, Oh, Tommy, man. no, not. Oh man, the blonde and chicks dig the long ball. They filmed it at the vet. <laughs> I, oh, like, we're space. I know we're telling. We're getting old, Ryan. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Who, who's your, no, who, your top? Oh, your top man. celebrity. Um, oh man, I don't know. I got to meet like, um, I mean, a few different people, man. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really. That is hard. Kind of pick. Um, I'm just trying to remember all the people you brought through. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Brazier's uh, usually has I somebody. Saw, I saw. Yeah, I saw Jeremy Piven was out there the other day. He was, yeah. Um, um, it's funny when we when we well, signed Bryce Harper, that's when celebrities started coming out of the mm -hmm. woodwork. Um, we yeah. had Jamie Foxx, who Tom and I yeah, hung out with. One. We had Bruce Willis, mm -hmm. uh, and we had some others. But it was it's funny. We, bands were coming down, but now we've kind of well because of COVID, I guess it slowed it down yeah. a little bit. 
But right. All right. Well, you can think about that. We'll get that answer from you, <laughs> yeah, and we'll come up with that. And we'll think of the actress. I can't believe we're not coming up with that one. But next podcast, John. We'll I'm picturing her perfect. I just can't. I know. Come of up course, I can too. I talked to her. I, I led her to the elevator. I got her on the elevator, and and ah, oh well. What are you gonna do? <laughs> There's so many women, you know. Ryan, that you know, right. they're hard to keep track of. <laughs> right. All right. Listen, Ryan, thanks for doing this. It's really great catching up with you, and uh, really, really appreciate you coming on with us. Oh, no problem, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. All right, Ryan Howard. How about that, John? That was great, and I just can't believe we're we're, we're still not going to remember this name. <laughs> I know, by the even time. if I Google it, she was on like um, the the show with not Steve Morgan, Majors. She looks like Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, her. yeah right. I know exactly what you're talking about, but we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee. She was married to Tommy Lee, right? No, that was Pamela Anderson. Oh, Pamela Anderson. Yeah, but so was uh, <laughs> this one was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, well, folks, you'll have to tune in next time. Why don't, when, you, uh, why don't you tell a fanatic story and I'll look it no, up? No, no. <laughs> uh, John, that was great, man. I mean, we've had a lot of guys from the 2008 team. Uh, never get oh, tired. Oh, Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear. Call Ryan back. <laughs> Heather Locklear. That's it. Nice call. How did you Google that? What did you do? Pretty quick. You, well, I said married to Tommy Lee. Married to Tommy Lee. Right. There it is. All yeah, right. We had well. pa- Paula Abdul. We've had tons Paula. of people. That, yes. was, that, that was, was a great day, too. That was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was Murph's favorite celebrity, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. She gave him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember that story. Yeah. And Alyssa Milano is Sarge's favorite. That was favorite. Sarge's favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. All good. Too many good times down here, John, I tell you. And uh, great to have Ryan. So uh, I guess we'll do this again uh, some other time. And, that, and just real quick Go before ahead. you end, you know, that was the coolest thing about that team. You know, obviously mm. we win the World Series, but people ask me all the time, what was that team like? You know, were you, mm. did you get to know these guys? And obviously back then I was, I was in the clubhouse almost every day. And that team, I'm not, I'm not just saying this, right. those guys were great. Gr- I yep. mean, Chooch, Agreed. Chase, Shane, you know, all those guys. Brad. Yeah, Brad. I mean, yeah, yeah. Chad Durbin, Clay Condry, the guys that are role players. Yep. Great guys. Eric Brunlett. I mean, you yeah, can go through. And Jimmy and Chase and Ryan. Jimmy, those yeah, three guys, the, the, the best at their positions, and yet they hand, handled, I think, that fame and the people who wanted a piece of them. And yep. you, you, know, you know, John, you'd go in the locker room, you'd have to arrange uh, interviews or whatever, and they just all were just, uh, you know, I, was, I, I said I was in Reading on Sunday. I was trying to get some Ryan Howard stories, and the, the word they kept using was just, he just always carried himself with class. Yep. Even, you they know, all, as And a, they all did. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, when they're young, you know, they're, you know, 19, 20, 21 right. years old, and yet, you know, they just said, hey, Ryan, just always, you yep. know. He never always, changed. Always. So uh, awesome having him on. All right, John. Well, another great uh, podcast, Phillies Backstage. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next time on Phillies Backstage. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.